0: Hey there, welcome to another World Audiobooks. Do you ever like to put yourself in the middle of the story and imagine, like, what would I do? So one thing I love about Treasure Island is it gives you so many opportunities to be like, wow, if I was in this situation, how would I handle it? So I hope you guys are enjoying it, hope you uh, enjoy the next two chapters of Treasure Island, which I give to you now without further ado. 19. Narrative resumed by Jim Hawkins. The Garrison in the Stockade. As soon as Ben Gunn saw the colours, he came to a halt, stopped me by the arm, and sat down. Now, said he,
1: there's your friend, sure enough.
0: Far more likely it's the mutineers, I answered.
1: That, he cried. Why, in a place like this, where nobody puts in but gentlemen of fortune, silver would fly the Jolly roger. You don't make doubt of that. No, that's your friends. There's been blows, too, and I reckon your friends has had the best of it. And here they are ashore in the old stockade, as was made years and years ago by Flint. Oh, he was the man to have a headpiece, was Flint. Bearing rum, his match was never seen. He was afraid of none, not he, only silver, silver was that genteel. Well,
0: said I, that may be so, and so be it, all the more reason that I should hurry
1: on and join my friends. Nay, nay, mate, returned Ben, not you. "'You're a good boy, or I mistook, but you're only a boy, old toad. "'Now Ben Gunn is fly. "'Rum wouldn't bring me there where you're going. "'Not rum wouldn't, till I see your born gentleman and get his word of honour, "'and you won't forget my words. "'A precious sight, that's what you say, a precious sight, more confidence, and then nips him.'
0: And he pinched me the third time with the same air
1: of cleverness. And when Ben Gunn is wanted, you know where to find him, Jim, just where you found him today, and him that comes is to have a white thing in his hand, and he's to come alone. Oh, and he'll say this, Ben Gunn, says you, has reasons of his own. Well, said I, I believe I understand.
0: You have something to propose, and you wish to see the squire or the doctor, and you're to
1: be found where I found you. Is that all? And when, says you, he added. "'Why, from about noon observations to about six bells.' "'Good,' said I. "'And now may I go?' "'You won't forget,'
0: he inquired anxiously.
1: "'Precious sight and reasons of his own, says you, reasons of his own. "'That's the mainstay. "'As between man and man, well, then—'
0: "'Still holding me.
1: "'I reckon you can go, Jim. "'And Jim, if you was to see silver—' "'You wouldn't afford to sell Ben Gunn. Wild horses wouldn't draw it from you. "'No,' says you, and if them pirates came ashore to him, what would you say but there had been widers in the morning?'
0: Here he was interrupted by a loud report, and a cannonball came tearing through the trees and pitched in the sand not a hundred yards from where we two were talking. The next moment each of us had taken to his heels in different directions. For a good hour to come, frequent reports shook the island, and balls kept crashing through the woods. I moved from hiding place to hiding place, always pursued, or so it seemed to me, by these terrifying missiles. But towards the end of the bombardment, though still I durst not venture in the direction of the stockade, where the balls fell oftenest, I had begun, in a manner, to pluck up my heart again, and after a long detour to the east, crept down among the shore-side trees. The sun had just set, the sea breeze was rustling and tumbling in the woods, and ruffling the grey surface of the anchorage. The tide, too, was far out, and great tracts of sand lay uncovered. The air, after the heat of the day, chilled me through my jacket. The Hispaniola still lay where she had anchored, but, sure enough, there was the Jolly Roger, the black flag of piracy, flying from a peak. Even as I looked, there came another red flash, and another report that sent echoes clattering, and one more round shot whistled through the air. It was the last of the cannonade. I lay for some time watching the bustle which succeeded the attack. Men were demolishing something with axes on the beach near the stockade, the poor jolly-boat I afterwards discovered. Away, near the mouth of the river, a great fire was glowing among the trees, and between that point and the ship one of the gigs kept coming and going, the men, whom I had seen so gloomy, shouting at the oars like children, but there was a sound in their voices which suggested rum. At length I thought I might return towards the stockade, I was pretty far down on the low, sandy spit that encloses the anchorage to the east, and is joined at half-water to Skeleton Island, and now, as I rose to my feet, I saw some distance further down the spit, and rising from among low bushes, an isolated rock, pretty high, and peculiarly white in colour. It occurred to me that this might be the white rock of which Ben Gunn had spoken, and that some day or other a boat might be wanted, and I should know where to look for one.' then i skirted among the woods until i had regained the rear or shoreward side of the stockade and was soon warmly welcomed by the faithful party i had soon told my story and began to look about me the long house was made of unsquared trunks of pine roof walls and floor the latter stood in several places as much as a foot or a foot and a half above the surface of the sand there was a porch at the door and under this porch the little spring welled up into an artificial basin of a rather odd kind no other than a great ship's kettle of iron, with the bottom knocked out, and sunk to her bearings, as the captain said, among the sand. Little had been left besides the framework of the house, but in one corner there was a stone slab laid down by way of the hearth, and an old rusty iron basket to contain the fire. The slopes of the knoll and all the inside of the stockade had been cleared of timber to build the house, and we could see by the stumps what a fine and lofty grove had been destroyed. Most of the soil had been washed away, or buried in drift after the removal of the trees only where the streamlet ran down from the kettle a thick bed of moss and some ferns and little creeping bushes were still green among the sand very close around the stockade too close for defence they said the wood still flourished high and dense all of fir on the land side but towards the sea with a large mixture of live oaks the cold evening breeze of which i have spoken whistled through every chink of the rude building and sprinkled the floor with a continual rain of fine sand There was sand in our eyes, sand in our teeth, sand in our suppers, sand dancing in the spring at the bottom of the kettle, for all the world like porridge beginning to boil. Our chimney was a square hole in the roof. It was but a little part of the smoke that found its way out, and the rest eddied about the house and kept us coughing and piping the eye. Add to this that Gray, the new man, had his face tied up in a bandage for a cut he got in breaking away from the mutineers, and that poor old Tom Redruth, still unburied, lay along the wall, stiff and stark. Under the Union Jack. If we had been allowed to sit idle, we should have all fallen in the blues. But Captain Smollett was never the man for that. All hands were called up before him, and he divided us into watches, the doctor and Gray and I for one, the squire, Hunter, and Joyce upon the other. Tired though we all were, two were sent out for firewood, two more were set to dig a grave for Redruth, the doctor was named cook. I was put sentry at the door and the captain himself went from one to another, keeping up our spirits and lending a hand wherever it was wanted. From time to time the doctor came to the door for a little air and to rest his eyes, which were almost smoked out of his head, and whenever he did so he had a word with me. That man Smollett, he said once, is a better man than I am, and when I say that it means a deal, Jim. Another time he came and was silent for a while, then he put his head on one side and looked at me. "'Is this Ben Gunn a man?' he asked. "'I do not know, sir,' said I. "'I'm not very sure whether he's sane.' "'If there's any doubt about the matter, he is,' returned the doctor. "'A man who has been three years biting his nails on a desert island, Jim, can't expect to appear as sane as you or me. It doesn't lie in human nature. Was it cheese he said he had a fancy for?' "'Yes, sir, cheese,' I answered. "'Well, Jim, says he just see the good that comes of being dainty in your food you've seen my snuff-box haven't you and you never saw me take snuff the reason being that in my snuff-box i carry a piece of parmesan cheese a cheese made in italy very nutritious well that's for ben Gunn. before supper was eaten we buried old tom in the sand and stood round for a while bareheaded in the breeze a good deal of firewood had been got in but not enough for the captain's fancy and he shook his head over it, and told us we must get back to this tomorrow rather livelier. Then, when we had eaten our pork, and each had a good stiff glass of brandy grog, the three chiefs got together in a corner to discuss our prospects. It appears they were at their wits' end what to do, the stores being so low that we must have been starved into surrender long before help came. But our best hope, it was decided, was to kill off the buccaneers until they either hauled down their flag or ran away with the Hispaniola. From nineteen they were already reduced to fifteen. Two others were wounded, and one at least, the man shot beside the gun, severely wounded if he were not dead. Every time we had a crack at them we were to take it, saving our own lives with the extremest care, and beside that we had two able allies, Rum and the Climate. As for the first, though we were about half a mile away, we could hear them roaring and singing late into the night, and as for the second—' The doctor staked his wig that, camped where we were in the marsh and unprovided with remedies, that half of them would be on their backs before a week. "'So,' he added, "'if we are not all shot down first, they'll be glad to be packing in the schooner. It's always a ship, and they can get to buccaneering again, I suppose.' First ship that I ever lost,' said Captain Smollett. "'I was dead tired, as you may fancy, and when I got to sleep, which was not till after a great deal of tossing, I slept like a log of wood.' The rest had long been up, and had already breakfasted, and increased the pile of firewood by about half as much again, when I was wakened by a bustle and the sound of voices. "'Flag a truce!' I heard someone say, and then, immediately after, with a cry of surprise, "'Silver himself!' And at that, up I jumped, and rubbing my eyes, ran to a loophole in the wall. 20. Silver's Embassy Sure enough, there were two men just outside the stockade, one of them waving a white cloth, the other no less a person than Silver himself, standing placidly by. It was still quite early, and the coldest morning that I think I ever was aboard in, a chill that pierced into the marrow. The sky was bright and cloudless overhead, and the tops of the trees shone rosily in the sun, but where Silver stood with his lieutenant, all was still in shadow, And they waded knee deep in a low white vapour that had crawled during the night out of the morass. The chill and the vapour taken together told the poor tale of the island. It was plainly a damp, feverish, unhealthy spot. Keep indoors, men, said the captain. "'Ten to one this is a trick. Then he hailed the buccaneer. Who goes? Stand or fire!" Flag a truce cried Silver. The captain was in the porch, keeping himself carefully out of the way of a treacherous shot, should any be intended. He turned and spoke to us. Doctor's watch on the lookout. Dr. Livesey, take the north side if you please. Jim, the east. Gray, the west. The watch below. All hands to load muskets. Lively, men, and careful. And then he turned again to the mutineers. And what do you want with your flag of truce? he cried. This time it was the other man who replied. "'Captain Silver said come on board and make terms,' he shouted. "'Captain Silver? Don't know him. Who's he?' cried the captain, and we could hear him adding to himself. "'Captain, is it? My heart, and here's promotion.' Long John answered for himself.
2: "'Me, sir. These four lads have chosen me, Captain, after your desertion, sir,'
0: laying a particular emphasis upon the word desertion.
2: We're willing to submit, if we can come to terms and no bounds about it. All I ask is your word, Captain Smollett, to let me safe and sound out of this here stockade, and one minute to get out of shot before a gun is fired.
0: My man, said Captain Smollett, I have not the slightest desire to talk to you. If you wish to talk to me, you can come, that's all. If there's any treachery, it'll be on your side, and the war help you.
2: That's enough, Captain,
0: shouted Long John cheerily.
2: "'A word from you is enough. I know a gentleman, and you may lay to the heart.'"
0: We could see the man who carried the flag of truce attempting to hold Silver back. Nor was that wonderful, seeing how Cavalier had been the captain's answer. But Silver laughed at him aloud, and slapped him on the back, as if the idea of alarm had been absurd. Then he advanced to the stockade, threw over his crutch, got a leg up, and with great vigor and skill succeeded in surmounting the fence and dropping safely to the other side." I confess that I was far too much taken up with what was going on to be of the slightest use to sentry. Indeed, I had already deserted my eastern loophole and crept up behind the captain, who had now seated himself on the threshold, with his elbows on his knees, his head in his hands, and his eyes fixed on the water as it bubbled out of the old iron kettle in the sand. He was whistling, come, lasses and lads. Silver had terrible work getting up the knoll. What with the steepness of the incline, the thick tree stumps and the soft sand, he and his crutch were as helpless as a ship in stays, but he stuck to it like a man in silence, and at last arrived before the captain, whom he saluted in the handsomest style. He was tricked out in his best, an immense blue coat, thick with brass buttons, hung as low as to his knees, and a fine laced hat was set upon the back of his head. "'Here you are, my man,' said the captain, raising his head. "'You're better, sir, so darling.' You ain't goin to let me inside,
2: Cap'n, complained Long John. It's a main cold morning, to be sure, sir, to sit outside upon the sand. Why, Silver,
0: said the Captain, have you a place to be an honest man? You might have been sitting in your galley. It's your own doin'. You are either my ship's cook, and then you treat treated handsome, or Cap'n Silver, a common mutineer and pirate, and then you can go hang.
2: Well, well, Cap'n returned the sea-cook, sitting down as he was bidden on the sand. "'You'd have to give me a hand up again, that's all. A sweet, pretty place you have of it here. Ah, there's Jim. The job of the morning to you, Jim. Doctor, here's my service. Why, there you all are together, like a happy family, in a manner of speaking.'
0: "'If you have anything to say, my man, better say
2: it,' said the captain. "'Right you are, Captain Smollett,' replied Silver. Duty is duty, to be sure. Well, now, you look here. That was a good lay of yours last night. I don't deny it was a good lay. Some of you were pretty handy with a hand spike end. And I'll not deny neither, but what some of my people were shook. Maybe all was shook. Maybe I was shook myself. Maybe that's why I'm here for terms. But you mark me, Captain? It won't do twice by thunder. Would we'll have to do sentry go, and ease off a point or so on the rum. Maybe you think we were all a sheet in the wind's eye. But I'll tell you, I was sober. "'I was only dog-tired, and if I'd awoke a second sooner, I'd a caught you in the act I would. "'He wasn't dead when I got round to him, not he.' "'Well,'
0: says Captain Smollett, as cool as can be. "'All that Silver said was a riddle to him, but you would never have guessed it from his tone. "'As for me, I began to have an inkling. Ben Gunn's last words came to my mind. "'I began to suppose that he had paid the Buccaneers a visit while they all lay drunk together round their fire.' and I reckoned up with glee that we had only fourteen
2: enemies to deal with. "'Well, here it is,' said Silver. "'We want that treasure, and we'll have it, that's our point. You would just as soon as save your lives, I reckon, and that's yours. You have a charge, haven't you?' "'That's as may be,' replied the captain. "'Oh, well, you have, I know that,' returned Long John. "'You need not be so husky with a man.' There ain't a particle of service in that, and you may lay to it. What I mean is, we want your chart Now I never meant you no harm myself.
0: That won't do with me, my man, interrupted the captain. We know exactly what you meant to do, and we don't care for now, you see. You can't do it. And the captain looked at him calmly and proceeded to fill a pipe. If Abe Gray... Silver broke out. Avast there, cried Smollett. Grey told me nothing, and I asked him nothing. And what's more, I would see you and him and this whole island blown clean out of the water until the blazes first. So there's my mind for you, my man, on that. This little whiff of temper seemed to cool Silver down. He had been growing nettled before, but now he pulled himself together. Like enough, said he.
2: I would set no limits to what gentlemen might consider ship shape or might not, as the case were, and seeing as how you are about to take a pipe-cabin, I'll make so free as to do likewise. And he filled the pipe and lighted
0: it, and the two men sat silently smoking for quite a while, now looking at each other in the face, now stopping their tobacco, now leaning forward to spit. It was as good as a play to see them. Now, resumed Silver,
2: here it is. You give us a chart to get the treasure by— and drop-shooting poor seamen, and stoving of their heads in while asleep. You do that, and we'll offer you a choice. Either you come aboard along with us, once the treasure is shipped, and then I'll give you my affidavit upon my word of honour, to clap you somewhere safe ashore. "'or if that ain't to your fancy, some of my hands being rough and having old scores on account of hazin' "'and then you can stay here, you can. "'We'll divide stores with you, man for man, and I'll give you my affidavit, as before, "'to speak the first ship I sight, and send him here to pick you up. "'Now, you alone that's talking, handsomer you couldn't look to get, now you. "'And I hope,' raising his voice,
1: "'that all
2: hands in this here blockhouse will overhaul my words, "'for what is spoke to one is spoke to all.' Captain Smollett rose from his seat and knocked out the ashes of his pipe in the palm of his left
0: hand. Is that
2: all? He asked. Every last word by thunder, answered John. Reviews that, and you've seen the last of me but musket balls.
0: Very good, said the captain. Now, you'll hear me. If you'll come up, one by one, unarmed, I'll engage to clap you all in irons and take you home to a fair trial in England. If you won't, my name is Alexander Smollett. I've flown my sovereign colours, and I'll see you old, David Jones. You can't find the treasure. You can't sail a ship. There's not a man among you fit to sail a ship. You can't fight us. Grey there got away from five of you. Your ship's in irons, Master Silver. You're on a lee shore, and so you'll find. I'll stand here and tell you so. And there's the last good words you'll get from me. For in the name of heaven, I'll put a bullet in your back when I next meet you. Tramp, my lad. Bundle out this place, hand over hand, and double quick!" Silver's face was a picture, his eyes started in his head with wrath. He shook the fire out of his pipe.
2: "Give me a hand up!"
0: he cried. "No I," returned the captain. "Who'd give me a hand up?" he roared. Not a man among us moved. Growling the foulest imprecations, he crawled along the sand till he got hold of the porch and could hoist himself up upon his crutch. Then he spat into the spring there he
2: cried that's what i think of ye before an hour's out i'll stove in your old blockhouse like a rum puncheon laugh by thunder laugh before an hour's out you'll laugh upon the other side them that die will be the lucky ones and
0: with a dreadful oath he stumbled off ploughed down the sand was helped across the stockade after four or five failures by the man with the flag of truce and disappeared in an instant afterwards among the trees That is a pretty big threat. We'll have to come back next week and find out uh, how Long John makes good on his threats. But being the pirate that he is, I'm assuming you can imagine how he's uh, gonna go about that. Thanks so much for listening today, guys. Remember to spread the word about the podcast. That's how uh, we grow, and that's how I keep uh, having the ability to bring you more free audiobooks. So if you guys enjoy them, if you think this podcast is worthwhile and uh, you'd like to support it, that's the best way you can do it. Or you can go to anchor.fm slash Audiobooks. Uh, link is down below in the description of this podcast, and you can just click on the uh, support the podcast button. That's another great way. If you'd be able to do that, that would be amazing. So remember also to Um, leave a rating or review if that's something that you're into also links are in the description so thanks for listening today we'll catch you next time
1: Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active mint customers by five thirty one twenty four get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG.
0: Don't worry. You aren't the only one. You aren't the only business that needs help. You aren't the only person that has a hard time finding the right help at the right price. This is where Business Bloodline becomes your bloodline to temporary and permanent staffing. Business Bloodline specializes in hiring internet workers to creatively solve problems for your business. Business Bloodline does all the vetting and only delivers candidates that make sense for your needs and at a cost that you can afford. But 60 seconds isn't enough for me to tell you why hiring through Business Bloodline is safer, cheaper, and less time-consuming. We would rather show you. To get more information or a business consultation, visit businessbloodline.com. If the job can be done on a computer, Business Bloodline can find a match. Visit businessbloodline.com and tell them that you heard about it on Another World Audiobooks to get 10% off your first hire. Remember to mention that you heard about it on Another World Audiobooks to get that 10% off. BusinessBloodline.com.